who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. Temujin, an audio drama. Act 2. Are you listening? Good. I'll start from the beginning. I was born to respectable parents in the Jadaran tribe. In the days when the conditions of one's birth meant anything, from the very beginning of my life, I was driven to prodigious achievement. Other Jadaran children mastered horseback riding by the age of four. I did so by three and could have done it faster. But you didn't. Were it not for the limitations of my still infantine stature. <laughs> baby limbs. I had baby limbs, yes. But I had something no other baby had or might ever have again. Ambition. Yes, that fire, burning, unquenching, a quality not of this world. It singed my flesh as I slept sizzled away at every dull moment, as if to instruct me, never idle, never waste, never for the rest of your life can you let any moment pass you by, for you are the rare creature for whom work is rewarded. Religious experience? Dream of grandeur? What difference does it make? 
I heard it loud and clear, this call to arms, and I threw myself into the pyre of excellence. Yes, I can see that. You're the very picture of excellence. Mine was an excellence that you, in your idler times, may no longer understand. Do you want to tell this story? Not quite as desperately as you do. Carry on. But I was so enjoying your interruptions. Do you want to continue or not? A complete history of the steps that raised me. Endless wars between infinite tribes over our unhappy cohabitation in the greatest expanse of land in the world. We raided as often as we traded, often in immediate succession. By eight, I had made an art of killing. By twelve, I led men twice my age into raids. And by comparison, the boys I'd grown up with had just discovered the joys of riding up and down the same hills over and over and over again. Thrilling. It began to feel as if this fire was as much a blessing as a curse. It illuminated the dullness that choked the air around me, a resignation to everything, to the damned hills, to defeat, to victory, to the mere facts of life and death. If any of this could be called a life. No, I became certain of this. That would not be my life. I became a connoisseur of differences. In my position of increasing power and influence, I had the luxury to do so. The boys my age went left, I went right. While they played, I worked. And when they ran to their hills, I retreated to the forest. Isn't it something? Tall, wisp-like trees, blanket, what little remains of the horizon. Here, unlike the nothing-filled plains, there was mystery. A rustling to your right? A deer? A bird catching flight? You'd never know. And in keeping with the spirit of the place, I never came to do the same thing twice. Sometimes I hunted. Others I hid, always relishing in the supreme delight that is the element of surprise. Ah, keep running, boar! You're gonna tire yourself out eventually. And when you do, I, I'll... I'll rip you apart, you hear me? I'll roast you alive! I'd never met anyone else here, let alone a boy my age. No older than 16. Still hidden, I engaged him. Boar, excuse you. Who's there? Who's there? Are you a bandit? I don't see anything worth stealing. Are you mocking me? That depends. Were you threatening me? No! I'm hunting. Don't tell me. Hunting men? No, boar. For sport? For my starving mother. How old are you? 
I'm a man. Small man to be providing for a family. Show yourself. Why should I? Because I'm no threat to you. And if there's anything you wanted, you'd have already taken it. And what is it you think I want? If you've had your fun, I have work to do. Yes, the boar. Did you see it? I'm guessing it saw you. It's long gone now. Damn it! First time hunting? Is it that obvious? Not many seasoned hunters use their whole palm to shoot an arrow. Who taught you to hold a bow? My mother was going to. She's been busy. Ask someone else in your tribe. Not an option. Are you that shy? I don't have a tribe. Your father? Dead. An older brother then? If you'll excuse me, Excuse I... you to do what? Say you find the boar, deer, antelope. What then? I shoot the thing, obviously. Oh, really? Show me how. See? No, 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 no. Put that away. You're going to hurt yourself. I don't have a choice. I have to do this. What's your name? Temujin. I'm touched, Temujin. As your luck would have it, I'm also very bored. You strike me as someone in need of instruction. I could be wrong. Please. Please. I'll hear it. First. May I? Just three fingers. See? Simple. Okay. Second, you can't just scramble about the forest screaming at your prey. Look around. What do you see? Trees? Tree cover. If you move unseen, your target is defenseless. And then I shoot. Slow down. There's the matter of positioning. Ideally, you want to be behind them. And then? And then, you stay calm. That's crucial. Otherwise, you end up firing all over the place, like an idiot. I get it. I get it. Huh. Calm. Hold your left arm steady. Draw back with the right. Three fingers. Straight back. There's your kill. A lot harder in practice, especially if you've never killed before. Do you hunt here too? When I feel like it. I'd never be in a place like this if I didn't have to be. Now, I've really got to... Go hunt your boar. Try not to let it hunt you. <laughs> I will. And if you survive, I take it you'll hunt here again? It's safer than doing it out there. Maybe next time you manage to catch me off guard. Oh yeah? What then? Uh, I get another hunting lesson? If you win. All right. All right, you're, you're on. Um, Jamuk. I'll see you around, Jamuk. But you won't see me. Could I have known even then? from the fire in his eyes? Could I have seen Chinggis Khan in Temujin? Is that why I sought him out? Rather why I let him seek me out 
week after week, month after month, why he and he alone held the distinguished privilege of being called my friend? No, of course not. All the fire in the world couldn't have changed his wretched lineage, not in the days where that meant everything. Still, I hunted with him until he became possible at it, and, of course, we played. I may have lied earlier when I told you I never came out here to do the same thing twice. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. You have all the subtlety of a stray cow. Come on. That's one game you've lost already. And we've barely just begun. Did you remember your knuckle bones? Yeah, here. (laughs) Whoa! When's the last time you washed them? Yeah, well, where's yours? Wow. They're white. You know what? Let's swap. Why? I want you to know how it feels to play with a clean, well-kept set. Exactly the same? No, not exactly the... What hole did you crawl out of? Look, with good pieces, every action is smoother, more efficient. When you palm them off the ground, even the way they clatter in your hands is different. Can you hear it? May I? They're all yours. Good luck getting the grime off. It's stuck pretty deep to the bone. No need to go through all that trouble. After all the fuss you made about washing them. There's more white pieces where those came from, Temujin. You grime those ones up, I can have replacements ready within the day. Oh. Listen carefully. This is important. If you're playing to win, bring your best pieces and toss the rest. Or I could just clean them. Why bother? I've had the set for a while. Sure smells like it. How long? Since before. Ah. Who gave them to you? My father. I was going off on a journey to stay with this girl he wanted me to marry. Porte. I must have been eight years old. So was she. You'd have liked her, Jamuk. I'm sure. She was smart. Smarter than me, that's for sure. How long did you have before? Uh, A year. She probably has her own family now. I'd like to know more. Uh, Believe me, so would I. About your exile, I mean. It doesn't matter now. No point dwelling. That's... A mature way of looking at it? I am mature. I have to be. Do you trust me, Temujin? I spend more time with you than anyone. And I, you, 
But that's not a yes. <laughs> what do you want, Jamuk? Tell me, what do you know about my life? Uh, you're from the Jatharan tribe? Uh, they're powerful? You're powerful? And? And you spend all your free time in the forest? <laughs> that's all I know. That's all there is to know. I am a simple man, Temujin. The course of my life runs straight and shallow. What you see is all there is. But you, you on the other hand. What about me? You are my closest friend, perhaps my only friend. And I know nothing about you, apart from the fact that, that you're suffering. Well, that's not for you to fix. But I can help if you let me. You really think so? If all the earth sets itself against you, Temujin, I shall raise an army to rend mountains and shatter the plains. <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking. I'm an open book. And you know I can't read. I have nothing to hide from you. Neither do I. Of course not. Well, then? Where would I even begin? Your feelings. Tell me how you feel. Hungry? No, you... A strong feeling. Your strongest one. I don't know. What's yours? Mine? I am a moderate man. I don't do strong feelings. <laughs> well, then I don't either. Of course you do. Look at the state of your life. It's... It's... It's what? Finish that thought for me. Really? I'm not speaking until you do. All right. All right. It's... It's miserable. Isn't it? I can see that. Of course I can see that. For reasons entirely beyond my control, my life has escaped me. And how do you feel about that? Like I could tear into this tree with my fists until they were nothing but bloody stumps. Snap every arrow in that quiver into splinters one by one just for the feel of it. So angry. Angry doesn't begin to cover it. Hate. What do you hate? What's not to hate? You know, I could count every decent person I've ever known on one hand. And as for everyone else, take my mother, Oilun. After all, that's what my father did. Took her straight from the love of her life, on her way to get married. Were you hit? Oh, then you're bleeding. I'll survive. You need to run. The big one just got off his horse. I'm not leaving you to them. If you miss me, marry someone with my name. If that's not enough, here, give her my shawl. If you stay, he's going to kill you, or worse. Yeah, well, I refuse to let that happen. Now hurry up. I'm going to come back for you. I swear it. I'll be waiting. He didn't. I was aiming for him. 
not you. You will learn to love me. This is how I entered the world. A man with the power to do as he pleased, and he's far from the only one. How many tribes are there on the steppes? How many million pretenses for raids, for revenge? All we know are the senseless rhythms of violence, which came back around for my father in the end. <coughs> When I was ten, he was poisoned, over battles long since lost and won. And to make matters worse, my father's tribe, all our blood relatives, disowned us. On the spot, said my mother was weak without him. Too many children. In the end, it was family that left my mother to rot, on barren soil, left to die. I refuse. She saw to it that that didn't happen. Now, for all the injustice my mother has weathered, the. Greater evils she's resigned herself to. Do you know what our greatest threat is right now, Jamuk? Oylan. Yes, Begder. How's your hall looking today? There should be just enough for everyone. Very good, Oylan. The work you do for this family—it's something else. Well, I'm getting older. So are you, boys. I'm the family head now, Oylan. Don't talk to me like I'm your son. Of course, forgive me. I know where your respect lies, but you'll have to do a better job keeping your boys in check. Why? What's wrong? Your eldest, Temujin, he's stingy with the meat he brings back. I don't understand. Is he falling behind? He's not a terrible hunter, but he needs to learn to give me what I ask for when I ask. Instead of mouthing back about fair or unfair, I won't tolerate anything less than total submission. Not when our lives are at constant risk. These are dire times, Oylan. Remember that dire times often call for dire measures. Distribute what's left among your children. Yes, Victor. It's the same speech every time. All we have to do is survive this, please. That's all I'm asking. We can't do that at each other's throats. Not when everyone outside this family wants us dead. Like family still means anything to her. You think I can't see what your half brother is doing? I know cruelty, son. I've shared a bed with it. But survival has nothing to do with righting every wrong you see. And I need you alive, Temujin. Do you understand? I refuse to lose you, any of you. But if you insist on making enemies out of family, the only friend you'll have left is your own shadow. I don't know what to tell you, Jamuk. I don't see a cause to my life, like you do. When I think about my future, I see either death or total submission. I couldn't tell you what scares me more. You don't deserve this. 
any of it. When I look for someone to blame, it's more than my half-brother or my father or the men who killed him. I mean, that was cruel. All of it. But it happens all the time. Cruelty is the way things are. Then it's simple. We change the way things are. What? Just like that? Do you realize who you're speaking to? I thought so. Remind me? Within the decade, I'll have all of the Jadaran tribe at my disposal. We can't talk about this like it's another game, Jamuk. I've never been more serious in my life. With this passion of yours and my might, we could wage a war to end all wars. Unite every tribe under one banner. No more raiding, no more violence, no more cruelty. Imagine it. My passion isn't very much to bring to the table. Now who's joking? This hate of yours, that'll be our secret weapon. I've never seen anything like it, not in people thrice our age. It's why I'm proud to be your friend. In fact, what do you know about Anders? Swan Brothers? My father had one, I think, some Christian Khan. I know you have your misgivings with family, Temujin, but this is different. This is a choice, yours. I'd like us to become Anders. What would that take? Just two things, an exchange of gifts and of blood. And that's all? That's all. Well, we've already exchanged knuckle bones. Yes, yes, but we can do better. We're men, Temujin honoring a commitment to fight with each other for the rest of our lives. Our gift should reflect that. Well, the only other things I own are my bow and arrow. That's perfect. Do you know what this is? An arrowhead with a hole in it? Does it fly faster? Does it fly faster? No. It's a whistling arrowhead. Fire it from your bow and it lets out a piercing scream. All I have are these regular old arrows. That'll do nicely. So long as there's no grime I'll have to wash off later. <laughs> Minimal. I promise. All right. Follow my lead. Your turn. It's done. You'll save that arrowhead for something special, won't you? I'd hate to see it wasted on a forest boar. <laughs> I promise. The day's getting late, Temujin. You'd best get back to your hunt. I was planning to. Jamuk? Yes? Thank you. Go... Get some good, clean kills for your mother. Let the boars and the deer and all those undeserving of life tremble at your name, Temujin. <laughs> you too, Jamuk. I stayed in the forest till sunset. 
trying to burn off this abundance of energy, this feeling. What was this? I had worked hard, yes, trained with the finest teachers and secured my standing with the leaders of my tribe. But how was it that this dead boy had more life in him than me? How is it that I came to envy him? I, who had been given everything before I knew to ask. Was that it? His struggle? He needed to fight. He radiated purpose. Whereas I needed nothing. I had hated nothing, except perhaps that dullness, that resignation to everything. And the shine in his eyes revealed the dullness in mine. How could I have explained this to him, the exiled orphan? How could he have understood the luxury of self-hatred? I might have found time to try, but when I returned to my camp later that night, I was greeted by embers and the familiar stench of death. Instantly I recalled that wicked thought where I had envied Temujin's wretched lot in life. How quickly I had been answered. It had to be punishment. He and I were to be equal in orphanhood. The elders told me it was a routine raid. The Merkid, or perhaps it was the Tatars, no one knew for sure. My parents were butchered the ordinary way, pierced through repeatedly by archers on horseback. In that moment, I could feel Temujin's hatred stoke my own. Ordinary, was it? Regular fashion, the savagery? My parents were good people, if uncomplicated. They knew their singular purpose in life was to instruct me in the way of striving towards the mastery of our tribal systems. And so I set at once to work. I conducted regular raids on both the Merkid and the Tatars. Me, a teenage boy with a legion of Jadaran troops who honored my vision, my blood, my absolute right to lead. Every passing victory solidified that. Weeks like this bled into months. I missed my forest, but I knew, I knew Temujin would have been proud of me. He'd have done the exact same if he could. This was the fight. Our fight. This is what I'd sworn we would do. The war to end all wars began with such promise. I alone at its helm. I returned to the forest eventually, hoping to extend the same hand I had cut open for him. I scoured the place alone at first, then with a small division of my men. His campsite, recently abandoned. There was a corpse rotting by the fire. A well-fattened, poorly dressed corpse, only slightly older than myself. I knew instantly who this was. The arrows that littered his back told quite the story. 
Here, by the fire, sat Bekta, Temujin's tyrannical half-brother. He was seated cross-legged, eating, perhaps, or meditating. Temujin stalked him from behind, bow raised, approaching silent, just like I taught him. But his aim was all over the place. So many shots, none of them lethal. His brother showed no signs of resistance, but that didn't stop Temujin. He let loose one arrow, then another, then another, until he had butchered his older brother. Ah, but this one! My whistling arrowhead jammed deep inside his brother's spine. And here I had feared I was waging our war alone. Temujin was toppling tyrants in his own way. He had claimed mastery over his small tribe, just as I had my own. And here, with this, he had left me a message. Abandoning all doubt, I set myself back to our great work with the faith that somewhere on these untamed plains, Temujin was doing the same. was Act 2 of Temujin, an audio drama, written, directed, and composed by Roshan Singh, with sound design and audio engineering by Nathaniel Ma. This episode featured Aditya Karkara as Jamuk, Vivek Ganesh as the guard, Ziad Bagrib as Temujin, Bettina Chua as Oilun, Kevin Lowe as the fiancé, and Scott Chua as Yesuge and Begter. Our executive producer is Amabold, and our producers are Kodza Hao and Emma Grimley. Temujin, an audio drama, was made possible with the generous support of Yale and U.S. College, the Mongolian Embassy in Singapore, Creatives in Spirit, and all of our crowdfunding backers. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.